May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Ash Wednesday, to some of us, can be depressing. With confessing our sins, marking ourselves with ashes, and reminding each other that we are all going to die isn't exactly a walk in the park. But it should not be depressing. If anything, it should be refreshing. It is refreshing in a way that only the truth can be. Because we know deep down that we live in a death-denying culture. A culture which tries to tell us that we can live forever with the right combination of exercise. That would be the gym membership we bought to go along with the New Year's resolution that we haven't used yet. The yoga sessions, the once-in-a-lifetime vacations we planned, and lest we forget the elective surgery. With enough money, we can stretch, inject, massage, and vacuum out enough skin and fat so as to appear that you have not actually lived each day of your life consecutively since your birth. And it is all very tempting, especially to those over 60. And yet we all know that after buying into all the anti-aging solution society has to offer, you won't actually be younger and you won't actually look younger, you just look kind of shiny and unnatural. Which all feels like a metaphor for all our unsuccessful attempts at immortality. So it can be a refreshing thing for us and for Christians all over the world to do today. Today we gather to remind each other of the truth, to remind each other of our mortality. We tell each other the inescapable truth that we are dust and to dust we shall return. It's a downright daring that in the midst of our societal anxiety about impermanence that we blurt out the truth as this it's kind of not offensive. But the thing about blurting out this kind of truth is that after you do it, you can finally exhale. It's like the moment you can stop having to spiritually hold in your stomach. Because all the while we are denying the truth, God is delighting in it. And that's what we're going to hear when the choir sings of Psalm 51. For behold, you look for deep truth, truth deep within me, and will make me understand wisdom secretly. And the thing is, this truth we speak today about our mortality is only offensive if it is heard as an insult and not a promise. It is only offensive when it is being heard as the last word. And it is not. It is not the last word. Death doesn't have the last word. The same is true about confessing our sins. I think liberals tend to think admitting that we are sinful is the same as having low self-esteem. And then conservatives equate sin with immorality. So one end of the church tells us we feel bad about ourselves so we should avoid mentioning it at all, right? While the other church side of the church tells us that sin is the same as immorality and it's totally avoidable if you could be a good, squeaky clean Christian. So, when sin is boiled down 
to low self-esteem or immorality, then it becomes something we can control or we can limit in some way other rather than something we are simply bondage to. Reality is not that you cannot free yourself from the bondage of self. I cannot by my own understanding or effort disentangle myself from self-interest. And when I think that I can, I'm basically trying to do something that only God can do. So for me, there's actually great hope in Ash Wednesday. A great hope in admitting our mortality and our brokenness because then and only then can we finally set aside our sin management program long enough, long enough to allow God to be God for us. Which is all any of us really need when it comes down to it. And this God of which I speak is a God of hope and promise. So here's the image of Ash Wednesday. If our lives are a long piece of fabric with our baptism at one end and our funeral at another, and if we don't know what the distance is between the two, right? then we say Ash Wednesday is a time when that fabric, if we pinch it in the middle and then held it up, then our baptism is the past and our future and our funeral is the future and they meet. And when these ashes, it is as though the water and the words from our baptism plus the earth and the words from our funerals have come from the future to meet us here today. And at that meeting, we are reminded of the promises of God. Promises that outlast our piety, outlast our efforts in self-improvement, outlast our earthly bodies and even the limits of time. For God is always present in love and in suffering. And God is present both in the movement we entered this world and in the moment we leave this world. Some of us witnessed baptisms of three young people in this sanctuary a few, week, a few weeks ago. The little ones were full of beauty and hope, but even they were returned to dust in the very heart of God. So Lent isn't about punishing ourselves for being human. The practice of Lent is about peeling away the layers of insulation and barriers that keep us from the truth of God's promises. Lent is about looking at ourselves as bright a light as possible, and it is the light of Jesus Christ. And it is, about, and it is during this time of self-reflection and sacrificial giving and prayer that we make our way through the overgrown and tangled mess of our lives. We trudge through the lies of our death-denying culture to seek the simple, weighty truth of who we really are. Lent is about hacking through self-delusion and false promises. We let go of all the pretenses and the destructive independence from God. We let go of defending ourselves. We let go of our indulgent self-loathing. Then, like the prodigal son, we begin to see a God running with abandon to welcome us home. But we can't begin to see this God until we hack through our arrogance and certainty and cynicism and ambivalence. 
The psalmist says that God looks for the truth that is deep within us. The truth. Therefore, there is no shame in the truth of who we are. The broken and blessed beloved of God. There is no shame in the truth that our lives on earth will end and that we are in bondage to sin and cannot free ourselves. It's not depressing. What's depressing is the desperation of trying to pretend otherwise. What's depressing is to insist that we can free ourselves and we just haven't managed to pull it off yet. What is so wonderful about Ash Wednesday and Lent is that being marked with the cross and reminded of our own mortality, we are free. Reminded that God is our salvation, the same God that created you and me from the very earth to which we will return. The very God of Moses and Sarah and Abraham is also the God for you and me. This God looks for the truth that we are God's very own redeemed sinner, beloved in our broken beauty. So as we receive these ashes and hear the promise that we are dust and to dust we shall return, know that it is the truth and that the truth shall set us free in any way that nothing else can. Amen.